Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. It is our Good News Tuesday-ish show. Feel free to share your good news throughout the entire program. And um, should we do a couple now or do you want to wait? I'm torn. I got a couple. Let's do a couple. Maddie, can we do a couple of good newses before we get uh, into our Are You Okays? I feel like it's it's a real good news kind of day today. Well, let's do it. All right. Good news, everyone. It's about time for some good news. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your texts. Share your good news. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be huge. It could be kidney transplants. Uh, it can be something as simple as this. Uh, gentlemen, my good news is I work seven days on, seven days off. On the days I'm on, I love listening to your program. It makes my 12-hour night shift fly by. I don't think that constitutes, I think that constitutes good news, sort of. Thank you, sirs. Lyle from Kamloops. Absolutely, Lyle. I would say that is absolutely good news. Good news! Thank you, Lyle. And thanks for being here. Um, we need to talk about the seven days that you're off, that you're not here, maybe. Just saying. Stay up, hang out. But I'm not going to be selfish. It's good news Tuesday-ish. Uh, here's one more, and this is good. Listen carefully. Ranch Hates Ranch says, I completed a 200-piece puzzle in two hours. The box said three to five years. <laughs> Ranch, that is good news. Ranch, that is absolutely good news. So good news. And funny, too, uh, by the way. Um, I, that's really good. I would also like to, uh, I would like to salute LL Cool J for joining us here on the show. Now, that's not going to make sense for most of the audience, um, but uh, Jason Manawis, uh, it looks like he's about to start yelling, Mama going to knock you out uh, on the program tonight. <laughs> he, went from, um, he went from a handsome church-going fella to um, looking like he might um, mug us in an alley here tonight. Ladies love cool Jason. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm hoodie Jason right now. I'm hoodie Jason. I went from the nice, nice guy with the you know collared shirt to with hoodie on with the hoodie actually over my head because I'm about my business today, guys. You're about your business, are you? You're all about the business. Is that what it is? Awesome. <laughs> Just let that play in the background. Oh yeah. Right. My jam. There we go. That's your jam. <laughs> Ladies love cool Jason. That could be uh, that one could stick, Matt. That one could stick. Mm-hmm. Love it. Are you okay? Let's get into some of these. These are good. Good. Are you okay's? And we have listener contribution on the are you okay's here as well on the program. So thank you for those. Okay. Are you okay? Are you okay with phones being allowed in school? Uh, not during class, obviously, but you know, it's good, I guess, if you need, you know, if you, if it's, a, if there's an emergency situation and your parent needs to get a hold of you, then mm-hmm. I'd say good. I'm selfish now because I used to be able to text my kids all the time. They would always respond because they were allowed to have their phones in school. But then at the same time as a parent, you kind of want them to have good grades. So now this year, my son's teacher is like, yeah, sure. Phones, listen to music, whatever. 
my daughter's teacher is like, nope, no phones at all. You take it out, you're in big trouble. So, I don't know. Well, experts say distractions have always been around. Mobile devices are not to blame. Global News Lethbridge Taz Dhaliwal has this report. Yeah, like this, I have lots of classes where no one's on their phone really at all because the teachers are really good and you learn a lot. Now, the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, might be blaming these ever-present devices for stealing the attention of students. But at least one expert from Queen's University is reminding people that distractions have always been in the classroom. Distractions in the classroom have existed for a long time um, before technology was introduced and before we have had this issue with cell phones. And so examples of distractions include looking out the window or daydreaming or doodling or passing notes. Dr. Claire Ahn is an assistant professor at the Faculty of Education at Queen's University, and she studies how youth interact with visual information. She says that if the lesson is more interesting than WhatsApp, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever app a student may be on, then they just might keep their eyes on the teacher and not on their screens. And so if the teacher is engaging and the lesson is engaging, then the issue of distraction doesn't become a problem. Scott Gillum is the associate superintendent of the Limestone District School Board. And he says engagement in the classroom is something all of their teachers strive for. Uh, that we use tech things like uh, teacher-directed technology to engage learners in research and in our activities that challenge their, uh, their thinking and their learning. So we reached out to some local students to find out what they think when it comes to how engaging their classes can be. In my English class, I get ripped on for being on my phone. But it's just like, the classes are so boring. So like, how am I supposed to pay attention? And then I have a lot of other classes where um, the teaching style is very like textbook based and stuff and no one pays attention at all. So I think it's really up to the teachers more than the technology. So it turns out it's not just about the mobile devices in the classroom, but also how interesting and engaging teachers can be. Taz Zollywell, Global News, Kingston. All right. Um, <laughs> we, that was a big jump from Lethbridge to Kingston, but whichever way, um, I guess, uh, that goes. So, Jason Manawis, um, here's a question for you. You're from a much different generation than I'm from. You had phones in school. I mean, we our phones still had cords when I went to school. So... Um, Phones in school, yay or nay, is it good or bad? I mean, now that you're you're an adult, you know you make big decisions like mufflers. Um, do you do you find that that it's um that that the phones in school helped you or not? Um, well, here's here's the thing. When I was in school, um, I didn't I didn't get a cell phone until like grade eleven, um, and even then, like I didn't have like you know I didn't have social media or Instagram and all that stuff until like grade twelve. So, um. I, I was able to get through school fine without without the phone, even as boring as some classes were. Uh, some of the kids in that story I thought were kind of whiny. I was like, oh, it's the teacher's problem. They have to make it engaging. It's like, I made it. Man. Yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure you can make it through school without your phone. So I'm personally for me, I don't think you need it. So I'm not OK with um, phones being allowed in school because I don't I don't think they have any benefit. OK. Uh, yeah, here's a question. Why did I have to pay for one of those fancy calculus calculators or whatever they are um, for my daughter um, when her phone does all of it? But we still it was still a requirement to go to school. That makes no sense to me. Well, does your I don't know, does your phone do long division? I don't know. It, it has like you, all the things. Take your phone, turn on the calculator. If you have um, um, uh, 
if you take the calculator, if you have an iPhone and you open it, it looks like a normal, right? Like this. But if you turn on its side, look at all the things it offers. Does it have cosan and like all the cool? Uh, does it have what? That, like all the algebra stuff that you. Yeah, COS. Yeah. S I N T A N E E E N E X 10 X. Three oh, square okay. root X, Y square root X, X to the Y, X to the three, X to the two. Oh. Mama said knock you out. That might be the Second. only benefit then. <laughs> is if, yeah, then you don't have to <laughs> shell out money for one of them fancy calculators. Well, it's cheaper to buy the phone than it is to buy the calculator. Okay, now I'm just you know, sounding like an old man. Get off my lawn. All right, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? First of all, thank you. We got to wait, wait. Whoa, all okay. the breaks. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Are you okay? Are you okay with... I'm going to do this in two parts. Pumpkin spice. Everything. Uh, no. I think I've... I may have said this earlier in the week, but I think the only th- way I'm okay with pumpkins, pumpkin spiced anything, is uh, just the pumpkin and you, you know... You, you stab your knife into it, you make your little artistic rendering, and you fill it with fire. That's that's what you do. <laughs> All right. Are you okay with... Are you okay with pumpkin spice craft dinner? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I retched there. Um, no. Uh, no. No, 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 no. One, two, three. No, 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 no. Matt has seven. Uh, do you want to raise that, uh, Jason, up beyond seven? You know, can I get eight? Yeah. Can I get eight no's? No. Can I get yeah, eight? Yeah, I'm a, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. No, 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 no. All right. Um, what is uh, this? Because there is a craft dinner, spice, uh, pumpkin spice, for a limited time offer coming out. So what, what does pumpkin spice mean in a limited time offer and the whole thing? Uh, Here is the story. It's not fall until pumpkin spice is back somewhere, anywhere. And for most people, that's in a Starbucks cup in the form of a pumpkin spice latte. 2016 marks the drink's 13th year. The explosion of pumpkin and pumpkin spice flavored products on the market can partially be traced back to the Starbucks drink. The PSL, that's the widely used nickname, is Starbucks' most popular seasonal beverage. More than 200 million have been sold and has been estimated to earn around $100 million in revenue for the company. Other food manufacturers have seized on consumers' yearnings for pumpkin too. Cheerios announced in April its new seasonal flavor line included pumpkin spice for the fall. You can get pumpkin-flavored anything. Pop-tarts, yogurt, candy, ice cream, granola bars, soda, well, you get the idea. Fruit flavors for summer or peppermint for winter don't seem to compare to the nostalgia surrounding the cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, ginger, and sometimes actual pumpkin in pumpkin spice. But the real secret ingredient to the flavor's success may very well be its limited availability, or as it's called in marketing speak, a limited time offer. The goal of LTOs is not necessarily to sell more of one specific product, but to bring customers in the door and make a brand hip again. And what is more on trend than a pumpkin spice latte tweeting its new personalized leather jacket? Uh... Pumpkin spice craft dinner. Texter? Hell no. 
<laughs> Ain't she double hockey sticks? No. It's hell to the nizzo. Um, are you okay with pumpkin spice cheese? Yuck. 877-399-9898. Um, how about pumpkin spiced whiskey? I tried it. Not for me. And yes, I do listen to the program on my days off too. Lyle from Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lyle. Um, Thanks, Lyle. I, I, so I, I'm going to walk that back, Lyle. I was giving you the gears and you're being kind. So thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I tried pumpkin spice beer. Not pumpkin. No, not pumpkin spice. It was pumpkin ale. And uh, it, it just didn't go down well. No? No. Was I, it the seeds? The seeds are pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I just spit out a few. Sp- <laughs> um, no, I just, I don't, I just don't understand the flavor. I don't understand why you'd want to, like, eat a pumpkin. Right. Well, the seeds are pretty good. Like, if you were to cook the seeds and with a little salt there, roast them, I like those. Yeah. Those are good. That, like, those are good. Those yeah. are good. Not the like, orange goo. <laughs> it's true. It. There was one line in that, that that piece there that she'd said, well, pumpkin spice Cheerios, first of all. Who? Um, she says, and sometimes, and actu- sometimes it includes actual pumpkin. <laughs> you would think that that would be an actual ingredient. Yeah, it's, it's artificial. It's all, oh. it's all marketing, man. It's all scarcity marketing. Scarcity marketing, man. Get the latte before we run out of pumpkins. <sighs> All right. Sabrina from Surrey is, uh, thinks we're crazy. I'm sure I make sure to always get a pumpkin spice latte on the first day it comes back in season every year. Now, I'm a hypocrite in this because it is marketing, right? But as soon as somebody sells anything eggnog, I'm like all in. So I guess I am a, I guess I am a hypocrite in this, um, but... The pumpkin spice thing. Maybe it was. Maybe it was all the photos on Instagram and Twitter for so long of UGG boots and pumpkin spice. Maybe that's what burned it out for me. And UGG boots kind of wore out in the trend. You know why didn't pumpkin spice wear out in the trend? <laughs> I don't know. You know. You know. There's a name for people who love pumpkin spice lattes. Oh dear. Oh dear. It's basic biatch. but on the flip side if if this is something that makes people really look forward to getting into fall then why not then it's a positive thing it's something to look forward to it's true yeah Uh, and if it if it makes you feel excited i guess that's probably all right too another texture says my mechanic is now offering pumpkin spice brake pads i like that well done Ooh, pumpkin spice oil change Pumpkin spice craft dinner. <laughs> Ew, says the text with a whole bunch of barfy and sick face emojis. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, pumpkin spice craft dinner. Roadhammer figures that's going to hit the garbage every time. Um, I would be okay with triple cheese craft dinner. Mm, there's a marketing idea. Yes. Uh, that's very good. What is the world coming to? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> pumpkin spice craft dinner come on man oh so good all right um i know i'm gonna start something here but i'd rather eat pineapple on pizza than pumpkin spice anything well pineapple on pizza first of all is awesome uh so yeah um my raisin spice raisin cake with shortbread crumbs i am okay with well fair enough that's good too um all right um you know what the biggest problem with pumpkin spice craft dinner is it gets in your mouth. <laughs> Dad jokes coming at you. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. 
I thought since it is fall, this is we're kind of creeping our way into uh, the spooky time of fall and all these things. Maybe we could get into a little paranormal conversation so much more. All right, let's go to Dave Scott and Spaced Out Radio. Radio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking is. out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. We're going to be joining Vancouver here momentarily here as Shane is getting ready to have well, us I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Shift. We're going to talk Sitting all here. things weird and Just strange. Hanging out. Just waiting for Dave Scott. Hanging out. Shane, how you doing? Dave Scott is the king of the promo. He's promoing everything. What do you mean? I'm... So good. Yeah, so well, good. Somebody has to, my friend. Somebody has to. That's good. You know, good. I'm glad. You need some new I'm cuts. In, you need some new cuts for your show. I'll, I'll you want a promo? Yeah, we were, we're working on some stuff right now. We should. Oh, you just got Matt thinking. I can see his face. That was his thinking face. The light bulb was going off there. Uh-oh. Dave Scott, what did Uh-oh. you do? You might have started something. Uh, he's looking excited. Well, I, I felt it from here. I felt it from here, brother. All right. So um, here we are, spaced.radio.com with Dave Scott, uh, here on the shift as we broadcast all across Canada. Um, there's a few places that I was hoping we could go tonight, Dave, um, and dig into a couple of things. I was listening to the program, uh, earlier on yours and, um, and, and caught a couple of pieces that got me curious. And I thought maybe you could share some of those pieces too. So, um, let's kind of get into this, but before we do that, it is, um, good news Tuesday ish here on the show, which we do on the shift, uh, every Tuesday where we share good news. For example, one of the listeners had, uh, is, is got a match for his, uh, wife's kidney for a trend that says good news. Another listener. Oh, found that is cat. awesome. Right. So we do good that news. So what awesome. kind of good news do you, I know you, you've been working on the studio. Maybe there's some good news there. What, what kind of good news, uh, does Dave Scott and spaced out radio have for us? All right. Good news comes like this. We actually have a show going on. Because, you know, when you are as non-technical as I am, all right, and I am trying to set up an entire studio with uh, over a phone call from California, it is very difficult. And I'm proud to say that I survived this and that I'm able to to do this job. No, on a a serious note, I had uh, some good news. I had some very good friends come up. Uh, this past weekend from Vancouver, Malcolm and Linda, who are are very talented uh, performers and singers, and and we we took them out looking for Bigfoot. We took them out, you know, and showed the area around here. They had never really been up here before, and I'm still kind of buzzing over that because I haven't stayed up that late in a long time and just hanging out and cher- uh, and cherishing some moments with friends. So. I'm pretty thankful for that, to be absolutely honest. That is good news. That is good. Matt, I think, does that good news warrant us for some good news here? I think we should probably, you know, one thing we do here, Dave Scott, is we always celebrate the good news. And so this is this is how we celebrate it to all your listeners, because it is good news, Matt. Good news! It is good news. Time with friends is always good news. Uh, so thank you very much, Dave Scott. Spaced Out Radio. Okay, no paranormal, Dave. I yes. wanted to get into this, the spooky folks, the spooky ghosts and all those things. Um, you know, do you we do see a rise in paranormal activity at the, I've just got a bunch of questions at this time of year, or is it just that we're more in tune to uh, the Halloween and the spooky? You know, as the stores start packing the candy in for store in for Halloween and, and we start thinking about costumes and Halloween parties and taking kids trick or treating it becomes a little bit more on the mind. Does it mean things are more haunted? No, not at all. The hauntings have always been there. 
All right. But the problem that we have is everybody only wants to play ghostly and spooky stuff when it comes closer to Halloween. So with about seven weeks left, I will proudly tell people point blank that no, things are not more haunted for you. You're not noticing a lot more hauntings. It's always been there. You just don't accept it the other 11 months out of the year. That's pretty much how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how it goes. So, so opening up our I mind mean, a little bit. Well, we, we want to feel scared and we want to get spooked out. We want to get creeped out. You know, most people talk about it. They don't understand what it's like to actually live in a haunted house or work in a haunted building. And it is not fun for a lot of people. I mean, all you have to do is go to some historic sites You know, I mean, from Fort Langley and New Westminster all the way to to Montreal and Halifax and Toronto, okay, there are many of old taverns and castles there and and places that people walk upon every day, and they have no idea how haunted they are. They have no idea because they're not paying attention. But all of a sudden comes Halloween once a year, and we want to hear that spooky story. And I'll guarantee you, if you're in Gastown or you're on Young Street, or you're visiting downtown old Montreal and you start asking servers or bartenders or waiters or waitresses any sort of, of um, question about whether or not there's ghosts, you're definitely going to get an answer. There's always something strange going on. And, you know, that's how we open up to the phenomena. My encouragement to people would be to continue it all year round. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to be a paranormal investigator or you have to do it all the time, but you know what? Finding out, it makes kind of a cool little fun mystery that you can play along with. Now, some people will say, well, I'm playing with the devil. I'm playing with Beelzebub himself, trying to, you know, put these thoughts in my head that there is something cursed about dealing with the paranormal. But the reality is, it's not. And we all have a a curiosity to figure out whether or not Anything is going to happen after we are dead. Plain and simple. We all have a check-in date. We all have a check-out date. Right. So when we check out, what happens? Okay. So listening, uh, staying open-minded, and uh, maybe we just kind of fall into that with the routine of the fall and the Halloween and the Day of the Dead and all those kinds of things. So then do we represent it properly? Because most people's experience of hauntings, you spoke about, say, servers and restaurants, old buildings, stuff like that. Um, the experience of it, um, they know what that is. They've gone through that. People have had a paranormal experience. They know what that feels like. Do For people who haven't, do does it get represented well on TV? Because I'm not sure no. that even the Hollywood stuff, no. But even the the you know some of the um, the paranormal TV shows, I still don't think they even represent it very well. My friend, nine tenths of the paranormal community does not show it very well. Yeah, you Why know is this that? is some this is something there is no education. Okay, a lot of people will learn what they learn from watching the television shows. And, you know, some are real, some are not. Uh, The one that I would suggest everybody watches is The Holes Are Files with a good friend of ours, Dave Schrader, uh, who um, is an amazing, amazing broadcaster as well as a paranormal investigator. I mean, that's probably as real as it gets. I know Dave personally, but there's a lot of shows out there that have been accused of, of... of 
forging evidence and, and forging hauntings and ghost activity. It's not cool. Then you have the paranormal weekend warriors who go out there and everything's a ghost, everything's a demon. You know, the best thing that I could say is do your homework, all right? Do your, if, if this is something that interests you and you want to learn about it, do your homework and, and just don't go join the local paranormal group. Take the time to, to investigate what they're all about. You know, it's easy to find out on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on Twitter. Uh, I mean, you got to think. Every city has approximately anywhere between 5 to 20 ghost hunting teams out there. And it's a little too much. Some are going to be good, some are going to be not so good, and some are going to be downright horrible. And the biggest advice that I will get give to people is this. If you have ghosts in your house, the best thing that you can do is do not invite any paranormal team that you find on Google over to your house. Do your investigation. Hell, give us a phone call. Give us a message. We will be able to... Uh, potentially help you out and put somebody uh, who we trust in that field because so many people think they know what they're doing. They think they have the answers, but the one thing that is 100% certain in the field of ghosts, there are no answers. There are no experts and there's nobody who knows truly what is going on. And that's why it's so much fun is because we all get to learn together. Uh, So good. I absolutely love it. Um, So, the other question I wanted to ask you, Dave Scott, uh, now, sure. I know I don't want duplicity on your show, but I, I think it's interesting to me. You talked about moon landing stuff. Yes. And you've talked about it with Marcus Allen. And um, yes. I realized that he, uh, he, he tells the story because that's his, that's his thing, right? He does a good job. But I was just so curious because I've been watching the Challenger show, uh, the documentary yeah. on Netflix with my kids. And they asked the question, did we really land on the moon? And that was just a couple of days ago. So they're they're seeing that conversation as teenagers today. So it did make me a little bit curious, and I thought I'd ask about it. You know what? The biggest problem that we have today is you carry as much technology in your hand with your cell phone that was on the Apollo 11 mission on that rocket. That's scary. Now, I disagree with Marcus in that I believe we did land on the moon. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe that we were told maybe to get off the moon and not come back for a long time because us pesky humans are like are like moths to a flame and the aliens don't want us there. Hey, I got to wear tinfoil sometime. All right, but I do believe we went to the moon. But there are some curiosities as to whether or not there was actual film footage that was taken in studio, created by Stanley Kubrick, you know, thanks to the 2001 Space Odyssey. That is the big conspiracy theory right there. I mean, you know, little things like like the camera. Who, Where was the camera when, when uh, we were, um, when Neil Armstrong was coming off the ladder, okay? Who was taking that video or what was taking that video? How did they get the camera there? Did they set it up first and then Neil went back up and then walked back down to say his famous, you know, one step for man, one giant leap for mankind, you know, or was it something a little bit different? You know, this is all something, you know, when they planted the American flag in the ground, okay, was it really waving Mm -hmm. shadows? How come there was no sand being pushed out of the way when the landing gear went down? 
you know, from the from the the thrusters. Exactly. I mean, there there's a lot that is going on right now, right? A lot that's going on right now. So I mean, that's the big thing. The connections, like some of the the audio connections and the video stuff and and all those things. I mean, you know, there was an awful lot of stuff going on, right? Uh, Technology wise, that to to make it even possible or not possible. So I mean. Is it possible a little bit of both happened? That there was a little bit of a I, I pre-prepared video and then um, then they might have actually done it, but the video was fake? Could be. Could be. Maybe the original video didn't turn out and Stanley Kubrick created a good one. Or maybe mm-hmm. they mixed the two. There is all sorts of interesting stuff that could be there. But I do believe we went to the moon. The more interesting theory to me, my friend is were we asked not to come back, okay, because there is an alleged uh, video, not video, pardon me, audio recording on the emergency line that NASA has kept secret, allegedly, for a long time that's basically along the lines of Neil Armstrong saying on the emergency line, they are here, they are on the hill, and they are watching us. All right? Hmm. And that is something that is, you know, it's unproven. It, we're not sure if it actually happened. There are people who I have interviewed who used to work for NASA. I've only interviewed two people who used to work for NASA, and they have both said that they actually confirmed that. Now, do you believe that's true, or are they wearing a little bit too much uh, tinfoil? I don't know. I really don't know. It's a good story, that's for sure. I want to believe, but can we? That's the difficulty. That's the absolute difficulty. Chris Rock did a great thing. He said, um, he said, you're telling me that, you know, we actually went to the moon when Cadillac hasn't been able to keep a bumper on their car for 20 years. Um, True. Which is, which is a good point, right? Like the technology in automobiles, the bumper couldn't even stay on the car. And yet somehow we went to the moon. So it is challenged. It's challenged all the times because all the time, because I mean, it seems so incredibly lofty. And I even think that when you would use the example of more computing power, in your hand like either that was one hell of a roll of the dice right well the the weird part is why didn't we go back why were the plans scrapped okay why do they not have the ability to pull up a nasa how to build a rocket to get to the moon how did they do it before why is it taken 50 years and we still haven't gone back to our closest orbiting orb i guess if you want to call it an orb all right what has taken so long is it money? Is it more than money? And if we have the technology now to land rocket boosters back on Earth after launching rockets, why haven't we launched for the moon yet? Why do we got to wait until 2025? These are all questions that are that should be answered. And, you know, unfortunately, we're going to get those typical answers that say, well, you know, uh, we just can't do it, or we had to improve technology, or, or what have you. But it is amazing. It is amazing how we still, 50 years later, argue about whether or not we landed on the moon. I tend to believe that we did. Marcus Allen, who has some incredible information from Nexus Magazine in the UK, uh, believes that we did not. And it's a very, very fun argument to have on both sides. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds here, Dave. Uh, The president has talked about going back. Do we go back? Does it make it? Does it happen? I think so. 
I think so in 2025. I do have something for you before we shoot on out of here, my friend. Yeah, I do have something. Folklore or uh, fiddler and uh, Canadian musician Ashley McIsaac will be talking about his ghost stories and so much more tomorrow night on Spaced Out Radio. And I, you know, make sure you tune us in for the for the podcast or our YouTube channel because we don't want your listeners uh, skipping out on you to listen to me. So I got the podcast; they can listen on that on our YouTube channel. I love it. SpacedOutRadio.com. Dave Scott, thank you, sir. Appreciate it, buddy. Take care. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Uh, like we do, it's a couple of stories that uh, might have slipped through uh, the proverbial cracks here on the shift. It's time for In Case You Missed It. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Jason Manawas. Ding. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> All right. So um, speaking of live music, um, everyone's favorite K-pop band continues to take over and dominate the world. BTS. Uh, Yes, BTS. Um, I think uh, the old producer Bob's favorite band before. Um, one of my favorites, personally, in the K-pop world. So they are about to uh, go on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon for a whole week, um, which is very rare to do that on The Tonight Show. Um, so the K-pop group has a week-long special with Jimmy Fallon show, which will see them deliver a different musical performance each night. Fallon will also join the boys throughout the week for comedy bits and a virtual interview. The group's mini-residence ki- mini kicks off September 28th, and two days later, they will even serve as the Tonight Show's lead guest. Here is Jimmy Fallon announcing the big news. Hey guys, uh, we have some uh, very exciting news. All next week, we have the biggest band in the world on the show, BTS! <laughs> They're going to perform a new song every night. We're going to be talking to them. we got some fun games planned, uh, lots more. And we're kicking it all off Monday night with a special musical performance with BTS, me, and The Roots. Yeah. Wow. Let's just say it's going to be big. Big. It's going to be explosive. <laughs> it's going to be like TNT. Blue! It's going to be... Can't think of any other words. But it's gonna be big. So tune in every single night next week. It's BTS week on the Tonight Show. It's gonna be fun. Oh my goodness. Who would have thought that the uh that anybody would have ever said it's gonna be BTS with the roots? <laughs> right? right? Playing together. Like if in the nineties you said that there was gonna be a, a pop group of from any nation playing with the roots. Uh, you probably would have got punched so awesome. in the face. That's yeah. That's like so awesome. that's like saying I don't know, like Steely Dan and Cypress Hill were playing a show together or something like that. So good, or Britney Spears and Cypress Hill. Um, so what's on your hoodie there, Jason Manalis? Oh, um, it says Seoul <laughs> from South Korea. Just saying, was this a coincidence, or what's are you just representing for your boys here? Oh yeah, um, I had to put on my Seoul hoodie um, that I got uh, last year when our, or oh, sorry, this year when I was in Seoul. Um, I had to put it on. I, I knew I was gonna do some BTS stuff tonight for in case you missed it. Um, that was actually gonna be my good news because um, I woke up this morning and I swiped through my phone. It's all BTS good news. So, um, but yeah, uh, I had to put it on. This is this puts me in the BTS mood. I um, I understand now more clearly what cruising in the veloster sounds like 
This is good. <laughs> Baby Boo lost her. It is part of right? the playlist. <laughs> and uh, and BTS cranked up. I, I get it. Okay, I'm starting to paint a picture here of what life is like for uh, Jason and now is just uh, rattling those uh, <laughs> those windows of the fart car. Some just some sweet K-pop. Just saying, I promised I wouldn't make fun of your car. We did not promise you that Matt would not. This is true. Just being clear. <laughs> You're being a great that sport. That is true. That is true. <laughs> um, well, that's not all for the group. Um, for BTS, as today, they were also the latest artist that was featured on NPR's Tiny Desk Concert. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's a concert where uh, performers go to basically show that they can actually sing. Uh, because it's literally in a small small space at a desk or of some sort. And here's a quick clip of them performing their full English song, Dynamite. This day has that's so good yeah it's catchy uh you know gotta give them credit um the photo that comes up on the bts uh wikipedia is uh all of the guys from bts wearing baby blue pants just saying um, it's a nice match for your car. Did you know uh, that they've sold over 20 million physical albums in less than seven years? Whoa. That's insane. Physical albums. Insane. That, that was as of, as of six months ago. And that was that song, Dynamite. That was their first Engl- fully English song, if I understand yeah. it correctly. Those, uh, um, those yeah, kind of figures. Oh, sorry. Yeah, those kind of figures are up there with like the Frozen soundtrack. That was like the last record that I remember selling a huge amount of physical copies. Yeah, staggering. Um, chart positions all over the place, um, singles all over the place. Uh, just, just amazing coverage that they've done. You know what you can never see though? You'll never see, like, you'll never see a, an American pop star release a song in Korean and go number that one. That is, that is so true. That right? is so true. So it go. It's it's a good testament to to the ability to do that. I mean, you you hear people who are English as a second language using singing to learn the language that's pretty common and in fact that there's a lot of people that say well how do you shake your accent to become more fluent more casual to use karaoke and singing to to do that so it's kind of interesting to think that the other way Gangnam style was pretty much the was sort of the icebreaker really and the first number one from Korea oh, yeah in the states right and so that was a it big really one. Was, yeah. And that really did pave the way, which was ironic because uh, Gangnam apparently was a um, was a rich neighborhood. And the, the singer, he was uh, he was actually a rich kid. Right. Like he was a rich kid that became a singer. Um, so it, it, it's it was an ironic song and it was playful and novelty and all those things. This is not novelty, is it, Jason? No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Um, like a, a fun fact about k-pop stars in general and this is not just bts they go through like when they're teenagers if they want to be pop stars they go through like rigorous training just to get where they are like because it's, it's not just the singing that they have to get good at 
it's the dancing, the moving around, making sure that they can bo do both at the same time. So it's it's like crazy hard work, and there's been documentaries on it done on it and how rigorous it actually is. Um, and th it's lightened up a bit because they've seen how bad it can be. Um, but yeah, it's like a boy band boot camp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I um, part of me is tempted to ask uh, Jason Manawas to maybe show some of the moves and sing some of the songs from the the BTS video. I mean, I'm tempted. I'm not saying he has to. <laughs> well, the medium fails what? us. <laughs> hey, that there was go. good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Did you stub your toe there? That was pretty good. No, no. Um, <laughs> here's a question for you that I don't know the answer to. Um, is I believe there's conscription in South Korea. And so, there is. yeah. Uh, and how, uh, I don't know how old these guys are. Because they must get some sort of exemption as a pop star to not have no, to do their, uh, their, their tour. Yeah, no, no pop stars get um, any um, exemption to the rule. Um, there, there was one band specifically in uh, in South Korea that they were supposed to go big in America. Like they were supposed to be the first ones that like exploded in America. They're called um, Big Bang, um, but um, several of their members actually had to go to do their military service. So it sort of derailed their um, not derailed, but it sort of stopped, put a pause on their career. And while their career was on pause, that's when BTS sort of um, took over. So once those guys, they're, they're still pretty young, um, but once those guys start getting um, enlisted uh, to do their military service, uh, you could see a potential BTS pause. Really? That's yes. interesting. And I, I did some reading on that. Um, one year, six months for the Army or Marines. Uh, one year, eight months for the Navy. One year, nine months for the Air Force. So... Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting. You know, there's a lot of countries in the world, um, like Israel, for example, you know, some of the men and women that come out of there, they're tough mamma jammas after they've been, you know, been through that stuff. So, you know, I, when you look at kids these days, and I don't want to get on, you know, get out of my rocking chair when I make this comment, but, um, you know, there's some benefits to that. There's some benefits to some discipline and some, support your country and, and learn what that's all about. I, I don't want to sound like too much of a crusty old guy when I say that, but you know, I see the benefits. I'm not saying maybe it's the right thing, but you can certainly see the benefits. I think. Well, I can see how the boy band boot camp would get you in just supreme physical shape for Ooh. military service. Absolutely. So it all, oh, I think sure. kind of makes sense. It does. Absolute. Um, uh, absolutely. Do you know what they're actually uh, known as? In South Korea, do you know their, their um, proper so name? So they're called the Bang. The short is Bangtan Boys, uh, but in Korean is uh, Bangtan uh, Bangtan Somyeondal. That's their um, full Korean name. Is what they think, but like in short, they're called the Bangtan Boys. He's a fan. He's, he's a, a real fan. He's a super he's fan. A super fan right here. This is good. Hey man, I like this. I think I have a calendar to give you later on. Yeah. We were just, uh, we were just hey talking man, that would be an that. awesome gift. That would be an awesome gift. BTS Jin, merch. Um, Sugar, J-Hope, RM, Jimin, V, and Jungkook. Yes. Trying to figure out how old they are. The boys. 1992. Yeah, um, and actually, yeah, actually, lastly, um, they're going to deliver a message of hope during the 75th United Nations General Assembly this week. Um, they're going to talk about the difficulties that future generations will face due to COVID-19. And that's according to the Korean 
Herald, and this will be um, BTS's second time speaking at the UN General Assembly. Cool. Neat, hey? Uh, 26, 27, 28. That's pretty much uh, roughly how old they are, too. So they're not, uh, they're not just teeny boppers. These are, these are guys that are working, uh, working hard to crush it. Cool stuff. Hey, that's a neat story. We learn more new things about uh, Jason, Jason K-Pop and Alice um, every single day here. He said he listened to hip-hop in his car. Do you remember that, Matt? Uh, yeah, that was just last night. I think that was misleading. I think we were I'm versatile. I'm versatile. <laughs> wow, hey. All right. I'm I'm tempted now. I next time I'm uh in CKNW, I'm tempted to go for a ride in this uh uh Tiffany Blue Veloster. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.